At Bombas, we make socks, underwear, and T-shirts that feel good and do good. They feel good because they're designed with the softest materials and comfort innovations. They do good because for every item you purchase, we donate another item to someone who needs it. So far, we at Bombas have donated over 75 million items, and your purchases add to that impact. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash ACAST and use code ACAST at checkout. Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week, I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. And this week is no different. Before I get into this week's guest and tell you all about who I'm joined by, I should do the customary bit of admin. Uh, This week's episode is brought to you by Bloody Vegan's Productions. Uh, BloodyVeganSProductions.com is where to head. If you are indeed interested in learning how to podcast, there are a variety of training sessions available to book there, one-to-one training sessions with myself. Uh, Or indeed, if you want to outsource the making of your own podcast, then you can head there as well. Uh, Get in touch, book a free consultation, and we can take it from there uh, and get all of your podcast needs served. So uh, BloodyVeganSProductions.com for all of your information relating to podcasts. How very exciting. So let's get into the episode at hand. I was delighted to be joined by the co-founder of The Good Pico, Nikki Garge. Uh, Nikki is incredible. The Good Pico is awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan. This is not in any way a paid uh, endorsement. I'm just a fan of the product and wanted to speak to one of the co-founders because I really liked it and it, it struck me as quite different. Uh, I've had some pea milks in the past. I won't name any names, but I haven't really enjoyed them uh, as much as some other plant milks uh, and I was really intrigued as to why the good Pico's uh, pea milk was was so good because it's really different um, and there's a barista version which actually works really well in coffee um, unlike some of the other pea milks I tried in the past uh, and really all of this led me to ask some questions of the co-founder Nikki and um, in, in doing that and having a, a brief conversation face to face whilst we were at a, a Green Gazelle's rugby match uh, I, I I thought, you know what, we should have a podcast about this. This is quite an interesting subject to me. Uh, I didn't know there was so much to talk about when it comes to pea milk. Uh, Hopefully you'll agree. I'm sure you will. Um, So we'll get into the episode now. Without further ado, here is a conversation between me and Nikki, the co-founder of The Good Pico. Yeah, so um, my journey is quite kind of from one extreme to the other. So I did a 180. I spent like 32 years of my life eating meat, not really thinking about, you know, what I was eating, the animals, my health, um, the planet, none of that. And um, I think really it started when I got married to my husband. He's been vegetarian his whole life. And I started kind of adopting a bit more of a vegetarian diet, but I was still eating meat. But it was more really out of laziness, if I'm completely honest. <laughs> I didn't want to cook two meals every day. Um, and then 
you know, after a little while, he started dropping dairy and things like that because he suffered from eczema. Right. And so those kind of things were helping him. And so there's a kind of health aspect of it. And then really the big turnaround came in the first lockdown uh, in the pandemic when I got furloughed from work and it gave me time for the first time in a long time just to focus on myself. And I really started thinking about health. I think like a lot of people did at that time, got into exercising, working out a lot and then, you know, trying to eat really well and really thinking about my relationship with food. And I also had more time to watch documentaries and things on on Netflix. So I think, you know, probably like a lot of people, I watched Game Changer and, uh, excuse the pun, but that was a real game changer for me. And I, for the first time, I think it all clicked and I put two and two together and really realised what I'd been doing to my body, what I'd been doing to the animals and things from a sustainability point of view. And I just had this overwhelming feeling of just horror and um, just being really ignorant, I think. And and I, I, I kind of thought, I can't believe it's taken me this long to get to this point and to watch this. And I remember just getting up at the end of that documentary and I just go I just went straight to my fridge and literally chucked out every animal product wow. I had and, and I and I just said no more I you know this is so wrong uh, and I haven't looked back since so you know that was just over two years ago and I just feel completely different I, I think because I I went from you know one extreme to the other quite quickly I did feel the benefits of it and I felt very clean uh, within my body. I felt like I had a lot more energy when I was consuming meat, for example. I, I used to feel quite sluggish. And I think the biggest difference for me was pre-pandemic uh, when my journey with a good pee, uh, before that all began, I had one three-year-old daughter. Right. And that pregnancy compared to my second pregnancy, which kind of coincided with with the birth of the good Pico. So I, I always had two babies at the same time, um, <laughs> but that they were completely different. So of course, you know, you're, you're never going to feel completely energetic after you've had a baby and you're going to have no. the, the, the newborn phase and things like that. But I was able to just bounce back quicker. I was still creative. I was able to start up a business, which I can't imagine being able to do the first time round when I was, you know, consuming all those animal products. Wow, that's what an amazing story! Did you did your whole family go with you at the same time? Obviously, you had the the three year old around at that point, and your your husband yeah. who was kind of on the journey. Was that a, a kind of a family decision? Yeah, it was. It was. I think my husband kind of initiated it, and then once I'd had that kind of epiphany, uh, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking, okay, I did a lot of research, obviously, into you know children, the kind of vitamins that they they need, and and actually that kind of really led into the birth of the good Pico because right. because my daughter was three at the time, she still had milk quite heavily as part of her diet. And so when we were looking at switching over and all the substitutes that we could put in place of the things that I used to have, um, as, you know, sort of meat and fish and things, um, one of the first things we started with was milks because, mm. one, because of her, um, and two, I think, milk is probably one of the easiest things to switch first when you're going into a 
kind of vegan diets and there were so many options out there and I remember just looking at all the different things in the supermarket going you know which one do I choose which one's great for kids which one's good for coffees you know Um, and at the time I remember thinking there isn't a lot out there that has all the nutritional things that you would normally get from cow's milk, yeah. but without the dairy, you know, you have your oat milks and your almond milks, which are still super popular, but what benefit are we getting and are they really sustainable? Mm. And so that really kind of spurred on thinking, okay, I can do some of this at home perhaps. And so that I started, I remember started, I, I bought a, you know, a milk strainer and I bought all the things that you need and started YouTubing how to make milks at home. And then I came across this TED talk by Yulia Albrecht and it was called How Peas Will Save the Planet. And I remember watching it and when she announced the title and started talking, the audience just started laughing because, you know, peas saving the planet. But by the end of it, I mean, she was very patient with them. She had convinced the entire audience and she'd converted me. And I thought, what a great idea. And I started thinking also, coming from an Indian background, you know, lentils and legumes have always been a staple in our diet. Yeah. And I started thinking about, you know, you get so much protein from that. And most of the people that I know that are vegetarian have, you know, quite a lot of lentils and legumes. Um, and... I thought, what, well, could we make a milk from that so that we can get the protein element that we're not getting yeah. um, from the oat milks and the almond milks? And I thought, is that crazy? Um, but as I was thinking about it, I, was, I thought, well, we're milking almonds and we're milking oats and, you know, we've, we've got soybeans that we're making milk from. So is it really crazy to use dried peas um, and get that protein element? And that's where my obsession really began, I think. Um, And so I remember just jumping in the car and it was nine o'clock at night, going to about three different supermarkets, just looking for yellow split peas. And finally I came across Waitrose and I think I just grabbed like all four bags that were on the shelf and went home and I started just making uh, pea milk in my kitchen and whipping up recipes after recipes trying to just get the taste right get the sweetness right etc and, and get that kind of creamy effect and eventually after testing it on family and friends we, we got something that we thought actually this tastes pretty good and I you know started giving it to my daughter who I was quite nervous about you know yeah. kids can be quite fussy at the best of times and I remember her saying, you know, can I have some more? And just downing glasses of it. <laughs> so I thought, okay, you know, we've really got something here. Uh, and and then further to that, I guess we, uh, I was talking to a lot of her, her friends, parents, and what I hadn't realised at the time is that, you know, 35 to 40% of the children in the UK have allergies, which mm. is a really high number. And, and that means that, you know, a lot of them couldn't have dairy, a lot of them couldn't have nuts, a lot of them couldn't have gluten, which is kind of where all the dairy and and popular non-plant milks are. And so it was really important to me to create something that was hypoallergenic, free from the top 14 allergens, so that we could include as many people, adults and children as possible, where they didn't have to sacrifice nutrients that they would normally get from 
you know, their, the dairy counterparts and kind of be full of rather than free from. Um, and yeah, and, and then I called up Sue, who's now my co-founder as a friend at the time. And I said, I've got this amazing idea. And I roped her into doing it. And I remember just picking up, you know, the, the closest thing that, that I had, which was a, a, my daughter's whiteboard marker. And I couldn't find a piece of paper. And I started just drawing all over my conservatory windows about this business plan and the future of pea milk and everything that I wanted to do and all the people that I wanted to help. And my bo- my daughter just giggling, going, mummy's gone mad, she's drawing on the windows. Um, and that's where it all kind of, the obsession began, the company began, and yeah, the rest is history. So, What an amazing journey. Like, yeah. thinking about when you, you know, you, you, you've lit, watched this TED Talk and you've bought all the the split peas in uh in waitrose like at what point did you think there's a business in this was it was it as early as the ted talk or or did it take a little bit of you know self-persuasion if you like when you had to when you were doing the recipe development yeah it was i think the ted talk helped in terms of finding our hero ingredient because i was Mm. really intrigued by you know, peas and then the different, you know, I think when we think about peas, we automatically think green pea, mushy peas. But actually, you know, the things that she was saying was field peas in general, all the benefits they have to the planet and to our health. And when I researched it, I found the yellow split pea, which is very high in protein, lots of health benefits, keeps you fuller for longer. And that's where I kind of thought, okay, we really have something here. Um, and then looking at it from a sustainability point of view, because, you know, saving the planet, that's quite a sweeping statement to yeah. make. So I said, well, what, what's so good about these field peas? And that's where I kind of discovered that they were nitrogen fixing. So essentially right. what they're able to do is take nitrogen from the air. They work with a, a bacteria in the soil called rhizobia. And essentially, they create nitrogen in a form that plants can use and grow. So you don't have oh. the need for nitrogen fertilizers. And in turn, that will, that helps make our lakes and oceans cleaner. And so I thought this is a great story. Um, you know, there's lots of health benefits as well. There's not much that can go wrong with the peat, but it does have, you know, that slightly earthy taste. And so it was really yeah. important for us to find something to blend with it to get that kind of creamy, smooth, velvety taste that you want from milk. And and that, that's when we kind of started uh, blending it with coconut cream and fortifying it with vitamins and kind of getting it to where we, where we wanted it to be, which was, you know, an 18-month process in the pandemic. And I remember yeah. Sue and I just saying, we're either very stupid or very brave <laughs> for doing this right now. But, you know, it was so important. And I think... At that point as well, because of the pandemic, you know, I got quite philosophical and I think a lot of people thought about the pandemic and what kind of the earth was telling us and why this was happening. Um, and at the same time, you'd go to the supermarkets and all the, like the pasta, and the toilet roll and everything was running off, out on the shelves. And I was thinking, well, this would be a great time to be able to produce a milk that has a long shelf life that we can yeah. UHT treat that people can stock stock up and not have to worry about keeping it in the fridge or, or you know wherever and know that they're still getting their nutrients that their kids are still getting their nutrients and so it all seemed to make sense that this was the right time to do it yeah absolutely is at, at what point did you think 
okay, we've got something here that's that's great. It's a great business, but at what point did you realise that you could actually do it? You could make it at scale and so on? Because I think, you know, all of us in our in various moments watching TED Talks or, you know, striking upon an idea we've seen in a documentary might think, oh, I've got the next big thing as a business idea. But seeing that through to where you've seen uh, the good Pico through is is quite a journey and, and a big step from that initial idea. What sort of um, was the driver for you in terms of like kn- knowing enough about the scalability of a product like this? Yeah, and it's a good question. Um, we we didn't know enough about the process, <laughs> nowhere near. And you know, I'm quite open about that. We were very green going into it, so we had the idea in our mind, but to get it to commercialization on a grand scale, we knew that we were going to need, you know, someone that had the experience. And so we did list a food technologist to work with us who was super experienced in, you know, blending these type of ingredients, working with plant-based things, having a a real knack for taste and combining things and fortifications, etc. So we did we did work with a food technologist. It was very important to us that, you know, we had something that was of quality, mm. but that it really stood by our values and, and the three things that we that we stand by, we always stand by is having the right nutrition, having the right taste and being sustainable. And so to combine those things where neither of us had a background in the food and beverage industry was, you know, quite challenging. But I think we had some really good people that we worked with along the way. Um, And we, I mean, there was a lot of hurdles that we had to overcome. It felt at one point, like every, every day there was a new challenge that was popping up and some things were purely because of the pandemic, because, you know, normally when you produce something on a large scale, you're able to go into a laboratory and do taste tests and say, actually, can we have more of this, less of this and taste it? But, but because everything at that point, we were in, you know, complete lockdown, we were having to do things like, you know, uh, send a formula off to the lab, wait for that formula to come back, get posted to us, taste it, jump on a call with the, the, you know, the lab and then redo it again. So something that would normally you could do in a day was taking months. But I think the thing for us was we were so passionate and remain so about, you know, our mission, our goal and the difference that we can make to people and the planet that we kept going and kept going and kept going. And I think at that point where we had our, our, our pilot trials done and you know, we tested it and we physically had the product in our hand. That was a big day for us. But it, it, I mean, in answer to your question, I don't know if there was a single moment where we thought, yeah, we can do this on on a grand scale. I think we just believed in it so much that we just took it step by step and kept going, kept going, kept going. And not producing it was just never an option for us. At that point, we were so bought into the concept and the good that we could do with it that, we never ever had a conversation about, you know, can we do this? It was yeah. just, how do we get there? So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm 
totally with you on the idea of of pea milk from an environmental standpoint and all the rest of it. Some folks will will say though that their their preference is you know the oat milks and so on and so forth, and that they that you know that pea milk has never had the same flavour and so on. Having tasted good pico, and this isn't just because you're in front of me, but uh, I'm I'm um, I, I was shocked actually. They didn't taste like any other pea milk I'd come across. Was that kind of like an important thing for you in, in developing the product? You know, when you did your sort of research into what was out there already, um, you know, what what were your findings? Yeah, it it was a massive thing for us, and um, and look, you know that. The, the plant-based industry and and the the rate that pl- that plant milks are growing is just you know off the roof and it's you know it's an exponential growth so there's enough space for everybody yeah and I will never kind of slander another brand etc no, but for my personal taste and and how Sue felt as well you know we're not the first pea milk um, out there but what we do feel is that our you know, for us and and our customers and the feedback that we've had, you know, our taste is is superior. Some of the things that we were tasting in during our research were we found a little bit chalky or a little bit too earthy, a mm-hmm. little bit too far away from what you'd associate with uh, normal milk. So, um, so it was really important for us to get that that creaminess. You know that that you know we were going to have the nutrition in there that was a given but it was really important that people enjoyed it and especially you know children would drink it yeah uh, and so we spent you know a lot a lot of time going back and forth on the taste that probably took the longest time to kind of really get to something that we were comfortable with um and you know something that we were really proud of essentially it's a real like um I describe it as a like a bit of a jack of all trades, really, as 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 a as a plant milk goes. Because, and what I mean by that is, there are so many in their own niche. There's you know there's barista milks and there's um, yeah. there's not many, but I, I can think of one at least that targets the kind of uh, young young folks and the kind of that make sure that they've got all of the same nutrient pattern as as the as you know yeah. what they they'd be replacing in dairy milk and so on um and there's you know the ones that are low sugar and there's you know there's this and there's that there's lots of different um niches whereas what struck me about good pico um uh, from a flavor point of view from a nutritional standpoint uh from a making coffee with it is it was a bit of a jack of all trades and that's quite quite unique have you found a was that important to you and b have you found that difficult to convey to folks because that's you know i guess one of the benefits of being one of those little niches is that you can sort of say this is what we do we've we plug this gap whereas sort of saying you know it kind of does everything is is kind of difficult to 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 talk about um so yeah what was your what was your experience of that yeah it, it what it is difficult to get um one product that does all of it and so we've kind of got we've got the i've got the cartons here actually we've got the original this the pink one which does pretty you can pretty much use it in everything but coffee and that is purely because coffee is so acidic that it just tends to split yeah. plant milk yeah and so what we had to do was then you know come up with the barista which is the the green one and and that 
we made specifically for coffee. So we just made sure that it had acidity regulators in it because, you know, that's one of the most off-putting mm. things, isn't it? When you're having a hot drink and, and you can see the milk splitting in there. Yeah. And so that's why we came up with the two. But what, what was important was we wanted to have a really simple range where, you know, I've been to supermarkets before where there's so many and you're just thinking, I don't know what's what, which one's, you know, there's a whole milk and there's a semi-skimmed version and there's, you know, one for your uh, teas and coffees and then one for the kids. And, it, you know, yeah. we just wanted to have a really simple range where we could say, you know, we've got one that's got all the fortifications and the nutrients. So you can use it pretty much for everything but coffee. And then we've got one specifically for coffee. We haven't put all the fortifications and the vitamins in that one because, you know, our thinking behind it was that when you top up your coffee with that little bit of milk, you're not really looking for the health punch. You're really looking yeah. for that frothability. Um, and so we focused on that. Um, but the original was very important to us that, you know, we actually have 50% more calcium than cow's milk in there. And we have the same levels of protein that you'd get. And then we've also fortified it with vitamins B12, D and iodine as well. Mm. So, um, you know, that was that was pretty important um, that we made sure it included all of those things that are super healthy um, for children who still drink a lot of milk and also for adults. And, you know, all those that have allergies or just, you know, decide not or choose not to consume dairy. How about the... The environmental sort of standpoint. You mentioned obviously it, the the pea milk has this amazing benefit for the kind of soil in terms of the natural fertilization and so on, and that that's just incredible. Like blows my mind that well, it's almost like well, why are we not using peas more in the in in whether it be pea milk or or, or any other kind of um, any other kind of foods, um, yeah. but. I suppose from a sustainability point of view in terms of like water usage and things like that, that it's always talked about when we talk about plant milks is that we sort of stack them up with, you know, how much water do they use and so on, land usage and so on and so forth. Where does pea milk rank amongst those? Yeah, re really well. Um, and, and that's another reason that it's our hero ingredient. So, um, you know, we, we require, field peas require very little. They're really self-sufficient, actually. Mm. Uh, in terms of other plant milks, what you'll find is, you know, almond milk is, it's, I think it's getting more and more known now how much water is required mm. for it. And so, and we did look at all of these things because, you know, a lot, you know, hot topics, obviously carbon footprint. Mm. we looked at that and it's it's very low for um peanuts you know, one of the lowest out there in terms of plant milks uh but it was also important to look at you know like you say the water and the land etc and you know to think for, for to grow one single almond you require 1.1 gallons of water it's just crazy uh and so again that was important for us you know comparing to oat milks oat milk uh, is is quite sustainable yeah but for us it just it's just not quite there in terms of the nutritional point of view and that's why you know great if you're you know if you if you like oat milk and the taste is nice but you're not get getting that protein kick you're not ne necessarily getting enough calcium and vitamins etc um and so we wanted to create something that was kind of really all-rounded from that point of view um, and also the packaging was important to us as yeah. well. So we've we've chosen to use um, this SIG Combidome pack, which is 
slightly taller than your average tetra pack. Uh, but, you know, essentially what it, it does is it comes with its own sustainability uh, benefits. The entire pack is fully recyclable. Um, right. It's made from FSC certified paperboard and it's got one of the best uh, CO2 performances compared to other types of packaging. And so that was that was really important to us as well. That's a really interesting aspect. Like, I mean, it always, I, I don't know about where, where, where you're, where you live, but for me, I have to um, take the, the uh, cartons specifically to a, uh, a carton recycling center mm. and everything comes in this same kind of like, um, you know, I don't know whether it's kind of plastic, but it's, it's got a, a, a sort of a, a water resistance or sealant to the outside of it and so on and so forth. And then you've obviously got the plastic lids and, and, and this, that and the other, um, which I believe in a lot of cases are kind of more recyclable than they used to be. But it's always starting to struck me that we have this, the same package and it's never really been evolved by any other like manufacturer that I'm aware of, like in the in the plant milk space, it's always the same package with different yeah. um, different branding. So it's kind of it's interesting that you've gone right down the down that route, and and it kind of strikes me as I guess telling about the brand in a, in a really positive way. Um, and I'm just fascinated as to you know why was it specifically that you didn't just go with with the grain? Because I'd imagine there's you know you've got a load of benefits that you can sing from the rooftops without also looking at the packaging and things like that. Was there a particular yeah. thing that kind of you'd noticed within the field that you wanted to improve upon? Yeah, I think it was a, a couple of things. I think you know we from a selfish point of view as a brand as well we wanted to stand out on the shelf and so we were quite interested in different different looking um packaging um <coughs> excuse me but at the same time um we came across this brand that is you know absolutely huge um in europe but um wasn't as well known in terms of plant milks and things and so mm. we thought it'd be great to work with them and we had a couple of calls with them and uh, as we found out more and more we thought this is really in line with our values and so the more we can do towards that sustainability you know the better it is and at the same time you know my daughter was getting to an age where she was actually learning quite a lot about recycling and yeah. the environment at nursery and I, and I kind of thought well what kind of example am I setting if I'm not you know representing our values in full you know if we're going to do this let's do it properly and just make all the right choices uh, from the beginning yeah absolutely and more 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 power to you and like you say it absolutely does stand out because the the plant milk plant milk based um products are all in the same package you know ultimately yeah. with slightly different branding so like to have one that's uniquely uh packaged i mean it, it intrigues you for, for a start just you know why is it like that and then when you find out the backstory it's like well this this is an extra reason for me to for me to yeah. jump on board uh, what's the the reaction been like I, i'm particularly interested in I, I would imagine you've probably had a lot of folks who aren't necessarily vegan aren't necessarily following any kind of plant-based diets or anything like that who've who've come to you out of the allergen route or maybe it's yeah. just a, a taste preference you know what what's the reaction been like a from the obviously the plant-based community uh, vegan community but also the wider field yeah we we've been overwhelmed with the positive feedback that we've had we we were quite nervous when we went to our first couple of markets um 
and they weren't vegan markets they were kind of generalist markets and we kind of set up our stall and we had little samples and we had a whole range of people come past um, some vegan some not all different ages or different backgrounds and um, we've just been overwhelmed a lot of people have, have had it and um, kind of talked to us about it and said what it what's it made of we've talked about you know peas etc and they thought oh that's really interesting not sure I'm going to like that and then had a sample and just been pleasantly surprised and I think one I'll always remember is you know one of the first markets that we did uh in Ryslip we we had a you know a, a young couple with a, a two-year-old and they walked past and they said oh you know our daughter's actually uh, have got a dairy allergy so we're looking for a milk that's got some you know good protein etc in it and the little girl, they said, oh, you know, we're not sure, you know, we're happy to bite. We're not sure if she's going to like it. Do you mind if she tastes? And we're like, of course not. And um, I just remember the little girl just asking for more and more samples. And she was on her <laughs> third one and she was like, can I have some more? And it's just moments like that, I think, for us that it makes it all worthwhile. Um, and knowing that, you know, we're able to make a difference to this family, that she's getting that yeah. goodness and she's enjoying it. Um, and so that, you know, though, that there's some, there's been some really nice key moments. I mean, we had a, a, a letter come through to us a couple of weeks ago that we actually posted on our Instagram feed as well. Um, but, you know, it was such a lovely letter. I, I was having a coffee one morning and Sue actually sent me a picture of this letter that had come in the post. And the, my first reaction was, I can't remember the last time that I've received or written a handwritten no, a letter to anybody. Yeah, um, and it was such a nice personal touch. But, you know, her story was really lovely. And it was just thanking us for producing something that, you know, for, for so many years of her life, and she's tried all different types of milk, she just, she just couldn't get one. She had a, a gluten um, allergy, a dairy allergy, a nut allergy. Uh, and so it was so difficult for her to find something that her stomach could take and and, her, and be able to enjoy it in a coffee and so you know just moments like that you know are kind of I think there are biggest yes moments it's not necessarily how many sales we've made on in yeah. the day but it's just making a difference to someone out there um and you know even just a couple of days ago we had an email from um somebody who you know she was trained as a midwife in the 1990s and um, you know, for her, for personal reasons, she just refuses to buy uh, milk from certain companies and um, certain corporates. And so yeah. she kind of uh, asked us a few questions about, you know, our background and, you know, what we're doing, where we're manufacturing. And uh, she absolutely loves our milk and has just become a repeat customer now. And so, um, and again, she has the dairy allergy. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people um, out there that we can, you know, massively uh, support and are really quite thankful that to us and, and we're thankful in return it's so it's so rewarding to get that feedback and know that we're on the right lines and we are helping people it must be hugely validating it, it really must I, I know some folks who are so some really, a really good friend of mine actually he's got a family with two young kids and they're all um vegan gluten-free as well and um, it's a whole nother level with the gluten-free element of 
finding things that you enjoy that are good for you and so on and so forth. And they've really struggled with certain products, finding something that hits all of the marks. And, you yeah. know, like, like, like I said, that I think the good Pico's like got this kind of jack of all trades kind of, kind of product where it covers so many bases. Um, and like you say, rather than having that, you know, I exaggerate to prove a point, but rather than having like eight milks in the in the house that cover everybody's you know specific needs, whether it be coffee, whether it be gluten free, whether it be yeah. you know growing up milk, whatever it is, to have just two and your bases are covered, like that that's wonderful, and it to taste yeah. great too, it not to be like a sacrifice. I think that's awesome. Um, must be yeah. super validating when you get that kind of feedback. It is, it is, and it's it's not um, it's not just consumers as well. We've the nice feedback we've had is also from um like chefs in uh you know restaurants and things like that because you know often they they've got all these different ingredients and then they've got uh like little notes saying can't put this allergen in this dish you can't put this in and so to have something that they can just put in in every every dish without thinking about you know the soy element or the gluten element or the nuts etc is made their lives a lot easier as well and so um yeah it's been nice to get a lot of interest from that point of view um and also from you know schools and nurseries as well because again you know all the children might have various different allergies so to give them something that's nutritional that tastes good and you know will be suitable for the majority of the kids um you know that's that's just huge and being a being a mum myself and Sue being a mum as well it's um just just hugely rewarding uh, I, and you'll know it's, there's nothing yeah. more satisfying than seeing your your child um just you know gulping down something that's nutrient rich so yeah oh totally totally you always feel like you've yeah. you've succeeded in that moment as yeah. a parent <laughs> if you've managed to find something that is not only good yeah. for them but tastes nice too because uh so often it's a trade-off of one or the other yeah. so uh, yeah no, that's, that's awesome and and i hadn't thought about it till you said it but yeah obviously the the nurseries the schools the catering units you know you name it um I just as soon as you said that i thought about my son's nursery and you know yeah. they they can't have nuts uh, in the in the on the premises. You know for various yeah. children who've got allergies, and then there's gluten free kids, and you know loads of different different needs. And again, just covers so many. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, like it's a bit of a no brainer in some respects. Um, yeah. Just thinking yeah. about getting a product like this off the ground, and I know that you and Sue've worked like tirelessly when it comes to um, putting the product out there, getting people to taste it, markets. Uh, we met in fact like involved with green gazelles the the vegan rugby rugby team so you were down there as well talking to all of us as players which was which was awesome uh and that's where i came across you first like what what's that been like in terms of like getting that exposure there and then you know how how close are you to that moment of like the supermarkets and and people like that because i'd imagine that is a very very difficult thing to to get anywhere near that kind of that kind of scalability um and it feels like you're well on the way but i'd love to know like the the journey of it yeah absolutely yeah it's i mean it's not um the easiest journey but i think for us you know the key reason that we'd like to get into supermarkets is is just the reach that we would get the number of people that we'd be able to help and you know the amount that we could support in terms of being sustainable for the planet as well and so yeah. you know obviously that's that's the goal at the moment we're in 
you know, markets, we're doing expeditions, we're doing vegan shows. Um, we are in some local independent stores as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Portobello Whole Foods um, in Notting Hill. We also have just launched in uh, Replace London, which is this amazing kind of health and wellness place that's just opened in Notting Hill Gate as well. Um, and then a couple of local independents like uh, Ickenham Food and Wine um, Store, which is, you know, local to yeah. me. And then obviously on our website and then on uh, on Zebra plant-based um, as well, which is a, a plant-based delivery service. So, you know, we're, we're on our way. Um, it takes a bit of yeah. time and we're just building traction, etc. But it's been absolutely amazing just meeting all the people along the way, not only from the brand point of view, but also, you know, for, for our own personal journeys, um, mm-hmm. for example, meeting like the Green Gazelles, when I, you know, pre the pandemic, pre when I was kind of very ignorant about what I was eating, you know, vegans in my mind were just, you know, they, they eat lettuce, they eat salads. And so to come across a team of rugby players that that were was vegan that was to me I was thinking wow well well they don't they don't look protein deficient to me you know and so <laughs> there's and, some pretty big re- uh, big fellas in there yeah and <laughs> and so it was um you know it's nice it's it's always nice to hear everyone's journeys and everyone's mm. kind of reasons and, and what's what's helped them you know turn vegan and and kind of even like share nice places um, to enjoy vegan food and recipes and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, and everyone's got their own personal story that's a bit different and super interesting and and actually it really inspires us in terms of what we're doing with the brand and what people are looking for and what direction we might go in in the future as well. So um, but yeah, super interesting people and um, it's I think it's a really exciting time to be in the in the plant based industry actually. Hundred percent. I was going to. I was going to ask you that. What What is next for for Good Pico? Where Where do you Where do you want to get to? Yeah. So I think at the moment we're really focusing on the two SKUs that we have. We'd like to launch into supermarkets and you know be widely available for people across the UK, and then we'd like to expand into Europe um, eventually, and then. Uh, the other thing we're always thinking about is kind of new skews, new flavors that that we can um, do. We we want them to be a little bit different, but again, you know, we're keen to to make sure that they're still very nutritional, that we have you know low sugar, etc. Um, and so there's all the kind of things that are in the plan at the moment. Um, but you know, we're enjoying growing um at the moment you know with the two SKUs and then and hopefully just uh getting you know bigger and bigger and more widely available so Nikki it's been it's been amazing chatting with you Uh, but it'd be absolutely remiss of us not to tell folks where firstly they can get hold of um some of your amazing plant milk and and be like where 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 are you both next where can we catch you in in person if we happen to be pretty local yeah so no we've got some exciting stuff so first of all um you can you can get us on the website and follow us on instagram we're we're at at good pico as well um and essentially you know there you'll find all our latest news our offers etc um i mentioned zebra um we are in portobello whole foods as well and then any others so we're we're in talks of expanding into a few more places so we'll pop those onto the instagram when that's all um live um other than that we've got two huge uh kind of festivals coming up which we're so excited about so July the 1st to the 3rd, we're in London Excel, and that's the Free From Festival. So 
anyone that's looking for free from foods that have got allergies, etc., that's definitely a place to go. Some amazing, amazing brands are going to be featured there. And then later in the year, November, we're in uh, the London Olympia. So that'll be 17th and 18th of November. And that's just vegan, you know, a, a veg fest. So, um, yeah, that again, there'll be some amazing, amazing brands there as well. And and we're, we're a really collaborative brand. So if there's any um, other brands um, that are out there watching, then um, please just drop me a message and we'd love to work together. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll catch you at VegFest. I'm there myself. So I'll... Uh... Oh, I'll amazing. see you then. I'll see you then. But Nikki, yeah. look, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'd recommend everyone get onto the uh, the website and check out Good Pico. It's it's pretty awesome to be honest. Uh, and the two products, like I said before, just cover cover everything yeah. you're going to need. So well worth giving it a try. And on a personal note, I had been sceptical about pea milks from previous experiences <laughs> until I tried Good Pea, and uh, I'm kind of like sold on it now. I think it's awesome. So, <laughs> amazing. So, so uh, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Jim. You too.